Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 418 with Yvette Bowden, increasing self-love to find your best match. Hello, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. Speaking of woman of value, my new book, Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love, is now available on Amazon Kindle and paperback. It's filled with my personal and client stories, expert interviews like the one I'm having today with Yvette, and 30 tips and exercises for stepping more fully into your value to develop the core confidence to tackle your life in the best way possible. This week's tip on becoming a woman of value is communicate clearly and graciously. Communication is one of the most important, probably the most important part of our lives. And most of us grew up without any kind of clear communication. We saved stuff up and pushed it down. And boy, when it came out, it was not gracious at all. So <laughs> Yvette is nodding. And um, so I, one of my passions is to teach clear communication, boundaries, communication, how to really know what you want and need and speak up early on. So my, my challenge to you today is that if you are holding something back and there's an important conversation that you really need to have with someone in your life, that you have it. It might come out awkward, it might come out messy, but it's so much better than keeping it in. And before I bring on Yvette, I just want to give a shout out to my Facebook group, Your Last First Date. We are a fabulous, fabulous group on Facebook for women over 40 who want to find their last first date. It is a positive place of support where you're not allowed to come and just vent and say how horrible men are and how horrible dating is because that doesn't grow you as a person. So this is a place for you to come and grow. And so if you're interested in that, come to Your Last First Date on Facebook. And now for my guest, Yvette. She is an author and the founder of Awakened Woman. I love that name. She is a writer for Bellatina News and Thrive Global. And Awakened Woman is about inspiring and empowering and encouraging women to live their best lives. Because once we do, we increase our chances to find our best match in love. Welcome to the show, Yvette. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this com- important conversation. Um, I came into the conversation as what they call a late bloomer, but um, there's it, it's been an amazing journey so far and it never stops. Yes, it never stops. And once you once you wake up, you're up, right? You can't, can't go, go back, back to sleep. <laughs> exactly. So Yvette, would you share with us the catalyst that led you to founding Awakened Woman? For me, it was definitely a divorce. So being a mother, a wife, um, caretaker, nurturer, all those amazing things we are, I think we sort of get lost in our roles. And for me, I got so lost in it that um, I started just 
I started having a little bit of anxiety because I, I had all these identities, but I didn't know who I was, which is really strange because, you know, you know, you're a mother, you know, you're a wife, but as a woman, what do you like to do? What do you like to read? What do you enjoy doing on your own? Because being part of a relationship or, um, uh, just being a mother doesn't that is not all that is not all you are and I think when we become those things that other side of us sort of gets muffled and I started asking myself tough questions and it was really hard because um, as you mentioned earlier we tend to push down a lot of these emotions and once I let them start just you know running amok it was it was scary it was scary but um long story short my divorce brought on this gosh it was i was forced into figuring out who i was because it was the only way that i was going to find true happiness i can relate to all of that <laughs> <laughs> i can tell <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure so many who are listening can. We tend to lose ourselves in in caring for others. That's like the codependency, and, and most of us were trained to put others first and put ourselves last, and it's the worst thing we can do. I, I think that was one of the most important things for me was knowing that taking care of me and getting divorced, even though I feared what the impact would be on my children, it had such a positive impact because, I mean, no, it wasn't all easy, but right. they saw their mom as a person. That was probably the biggest shift was like, I became a human to them with my own needs and wants, right? And when, when you do, you're, you're a great role model for them. Like it, you give them permission to do what we didn't know how to do. So, how, I mean, how many kids do you have and, and I have how did that affect them? one daughter she will be 18 in february Woo. And, and um we got divorced when or the separation began when she was around five and we went i mean we went through all types of um just it, it was it was a, literally a morph it, it was really painful um but then it sort of morphed into something really strong him and i are friends and our priority has always been our daughter and i think that's what made the difference um i think egos tend to um come into play when you have children you know and you're getting divorced it's it's sort of um it's a struggle um but we put her in the forefront and we said okay this is what we need to do for her and it took years it's it's not it doesn't happen overnight but she has a healthy stable um balanced life she spends time with me time with him she has two families and i'm really grateful um that we were able to come out on the other side of this um okay yeah uh, i think a lot of that is for me for us uh to agree to disagree you you there is no way you'll you'll always agree on any, on everything but um we were okay with that there there were no winners or losers 
So I think that had a big part of it. And she's, she's amazing. She's a great kid. Mm, that's such a, oh, a young what, lady now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how wonderful that you, you know, you mentioned a key word, which is egos. And our egos get in the way of, I need to be right. And I'm going to sit on this topic until I am proving to you that I am right and you are wrong. And I think this gets in the way of so many relationships where people just are at war with each other over things that they don't need to be. You know, we can just say, I, I don't agree, but it's okay. I, I also like to help people find like that 2% that they do agree on. Because usually there's, there's something in there that's true for you, even though you don't agree fully. So you can find, okay, what value of mine is in alignment here? Absolutely. Um, one of, I think one of the most important decisions we made was to just agree that she is priority. I think once you can do that, you shift the, the perspective just changes. And I think that can change a lot of things. Will it change everything? No, nothing's perfect. But I think it changes a lot. And sometimes whether we like it or not, we have to turn the other cheek. Yeah, it's good practice for life, right? <laughs> You're not gonna win, it, win it, all the arguments. No, you're not. Um, no. Which, so you, you shared how you started your own process, like your divorce woke you up to who you were and what parts of you have been lost in the relationship. And you're asking yourself questions and now your emotions are waking up and you're like, what do I need? What do I want? And how can I honor myself? Which is all a fabulous beginning. And take us to the founding of Awakened Woman. So now, I mean, you're, you're in this great place. Now you're bringing it to other people. How did that happen? So it's interesting because, you know, we were talking about um, just figuring out who you are. And I really, I, I lost, I lost myself and finding myself had um i had to figure out what i liked what i you know what what were my interests i mean sim the simplest things so i felt alone in the journey and and i had support i had my mother and my friends but this is something that you have to do yourself no one can do it for you um i did go to therapy and and that was amazing for me i know for it's not for everyone, um, but I started writing because I wasn't speaking to anyone. Um, so I started writing and one night, I think it was one of the first weekends that my daughter went away. It, it was such a different experience being alone. It was scary and it was painful, but I found myself having a couple of glasses of wine uh, and then just writing about I don't know, it must have been 15, 20 pages on that first night. I was up till three or four in the morning and I just wrote out my feelings and I, you know, I set those pages aside and I came back to it a couple weeks after and I realized that there are other women that need to hear this story. So that's when the journey of writing the book came to mind. I really wanted to share my journey to help other women feel less alone. And I began contributing to 
Thrive Global and just putting out my thoughts, the different, different stories that were, you know, were out there. And they're not always about me because it, this is, it's about my awakening, but so many people have awakenings. So I wanted to share those stories and that's where an awakened woman came in. It's a platform that I started and you'll find a lot of the stories are about me and my experiences, but slowly I've integrated the stories of other women. And I just began, for example, a, an empowerment series. And I've been able to contact women from all walks of life. Um, some are coaches, some are actresses that we see on TV. Um, it's really interesting that we can come from all walks of life and have these similar experiences. I, I really believe there is a thread. No matter where you come from, your culture, um, your educational background, we do have a common thread. It's, it's a human experience and we go through a lot of the same things but I think that we're not willing to share, and for different reasons, embarrassments or um, insecurities, and I've had them all. <laughs> um, but I, I just want to put out there that, you know, we're all going through something, and it's important that we share because that's the only way to learn from each other. We have to share. I love that because- Thank you. So many people feel alone. And I think, you know, bringing people together in community, which is also a passion of mine, when you see, oh, other people have gone through that and we can all be there for each other. And I think, you know, you mentioned before, I don't know why you said, I don't know why we, we don't share with others. And I, I think that some of it has to do with shame and vulnerability. And, you know, Brene Brown talks about this, but I think we, we are not taught to share our stories what your face is like I, well no because i remember when i was i was i started therapy i you know i had this idea and i think a lot of us do i wanted this uh perfect story i wanted to get married have a you know have a child have a dog in the house but i remember when i started going through therapy and i woke you know and my divorce blew up and uh, my therapist had me read Gifts of Imperfection, and it changed my, it, it really, it's one of those books that changes your life. Mm -hmm. So that it's funny you <laughs> um, mention her because I also, I don't know if you, I'm sure you have, but uh, the TED Talk that Brene Brown has, oh, yeah. The Power of Vulnerability. Uh -huh. And I used, to, I used to relate vulnerability with weakness, and it's actually a strength. I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I so didn't funny. either. And I remember <laughs> when I was getting my certification in coaching and I was doing like a, a sample session with somebody who was in my coaching program. And he said, I'm really working on vulnerability. This was in 2006. Brene Brown wasn't on the scene yet for me at all. And so I'm talking to this guy and I'm like, why do you want to work on vulnerability? I thought he was crazy. I honestly thought he was crazy because I thought, why well, you want you want to be more weak and you want to be like splayed wide open and you're a guy like, and he's like, no, vulnerability is a strength. So now I get it. There have been many concepts like that. Like somebody in, in coaching also was talking about surrender, the importance of surrender. 
And I was like, what, what does that mean? Like, are you going to give up all your power? What is that? <laughs> so it's, we have to learn these things in our time, right? Absolutely. But once you hear it, it's like, oh my God, I try to be perfect, right? And that whole perfection thing, uh, you know, we could talk for hours about that, but I, I do see this as a common thread with the women who come to me. It's like perfection gets in the way of taking risks, of being sloppy, like I said before, like have that conversation and don't worry about getting it right. It's much better to have it than get it right than to get it right. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. we have to we we definitely have to take those risks. So let's go to the dating now and segue here because um, all of this is connected. As you said, everything has a thread and it's all connected. (laughs) And um, you say that women should date themselves before they date others. And I I feel like, (laughs) uh, tell us what you mean I still have dates. So, and I love, I love talking about this because I feel really strongly, um, So one of the things that I did when I started this journey of finding out who I was, was I had dates with myself. I tried doing things that I've never tried before and I did them alone. And that was really hard because when you're in a relationship for however long, you you get accustomed to certain things. You just, that company is, it's almost like your security blanket. So I started going to the movies by myself. I went to restaurants by myself. I went to a gun range. I took pole dancing class. I took an aerial sales class. I did things that in in another time, I would have said, no way, Yvette doesn't do those things. But I said, you know what? I'm going to do the opposite of what that Yvette would do. I'm just going to live and this is the only way I'll figure out what I, what, who, I, who am I? I? I didn't know. Who am I on my own? And I love it. And I've been in a relationship now for, wow, it's going to be seven years. And I still have my dates. And it's really interesting because he, in the beginning, he didn't quite understand it, but he let me be. And he's very respectful of my me time. and. I can sit at a restaurant and have a glass of wine, a nice dinner. And it's such, it's such an empowering, it's a freedom that I I would never, there's no way I would let anyone take it away again. Because like you said, once you're awakened, you you can't close your eyes again and make believe it didn't happen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think dating yourself is the only way to figure out who you are and what you like and what you want. Because I think part of the problem with dating is that we go into it with this intent, with this purpose. I'm going to date to get married. I'm going to date to get engaged. And it should be more about meeting people and seeing you know, what you want and what you don't want. Those deal breakers that I never had, but now I do have. Do, do I have to be a flexible? Absolutely. Because one thing I am absolutely certain, one person does not have everything you want. It's just not possible. So there are compromises, but you have to know what those compromises are. And you have to be very careful about those compromises because we're creatures of habit. 
And it's really easy to fall back into that comfort zone. So when, you know, and like I said, I've been dating my boyfriend for seven years, but I, I'm guilty of it. I fall into this sort of, it's almost my nature to be a people pleaser or, you know, to be a certain way. So I have to sort of always check myself and dating yourself that all it's it's all part of this you world of this um empowerment so dating yourself i i think i mean i'm such a big supporter of it i don't know if um you tried it but um <laughs> i would say all women should date themselves because that's the only way they're gonna know what they want and what they don't want Yes, both are important. And I love <laughs> that you did all these great things alone. I think that that's key. I, uh, it's actually was when I first started working as a dating coach, the first step for uh, the first workshop I ever did was date yourself first. <laughs> no way. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. Okay, I'm on the right track. <laughs> You're on the right track. Because you had abandoned yourself. And so dating yourself, it's what do I do? What do I love? What do I want? What do I not want? And you start to find it out and you do all those scary things. I, for me, it was public speaking and it was improvisation. I also did pole dancing. I did. I did. It's hard. <laughs> it is hard. <laughs> and it's so much more than just this sexy thing. I, it that was what was so eye opening. Right. It's, I mean, body love, strength, empowerment. In fact, we, we all sat down with the instructors at the S Factor in New York when I went and Oh wow, yes. Is that where you took it? Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so I remember asking the instructors what did they get out of doing it? And they said, you know, we started for our boyfriends, for our partners, and then we stayed for ourselves. It was sisterhood. It was all the things that we talk about. So I think, you know, there's a lot of misunderstandings about what these things are. And, you know, a lot of people have misunderstandings about eating out alone. You know, that's scary. I'll look like a loser. Or they'll right. sit at the restaurant and they'll have their head in a, you know, in their phone or a book and not ever look up. And that's so you know, true. Right. So just looking up and connecting with people, making eye contact. I mean, it's, that's a big thing for a lot of people. So whatever it is for our listeners, do one thing, uh, you know, start small, but do one scary thing. Cause that's where all the good stuff happens, you know, Absolutely. outside the comfort zone, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's where real growth comes in. Yeah. So I want to address something else that you mentioned, which is that um, you say that you are enough and you don't need a man. And a lot of women who hear, I don't need a man, they, first of all, they give that message out to men. I don't really need a man. Um, and men feel like they're not needed. So can you clarify how we can have that balance of feeling like we're enough? We don't need a man to survive or whatever, but like, I'd love to hear what it means to you. It's it's funny. I I never thought about it that way, but I do understand what you mean. So when I say I don't need a man, it's it's more about. So when I was younger, um, I felt like I always needed to be in a relationship. I always needed company. It was uh, to a degree I felt 
um, that I got a lot of validation from that for some reason. And today, I don't feel that I need another person to survive. I, I am enough on my own. I love my own company, but I do enjoy the company of my partner. And I want him around because he, he compliments me. He, he sort of, he's one of my biggest cheerleaders. Um, but if he wasn't there one day, I'd be okay. I, 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 I don't get me wrong. I'd fall apart for a while. Um, because I'm human and I love him, but, um, but I feel that I'd be okay. When I got divorced, I have to tell you, I, I felt like I wasn't going to be able to live without my ex-husband, but I did. I survived. So when I say I don't need, it's not that, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm mighty all-powerful i don't need a man i i don't i guess i could see how that can take a negative um undertone but i don't need a man but i do want a man if that makes any sense yeah it totally makes sense i i know that people jump all over statements like this so i wanted to clarify <laughs> because there's a lot written about singles and how single being single is um like you know, a disease. And then there's also the articles that are written about strong, successful women and how you should never settle or compromise at all. So they have all these extremes. And I think, you know, sure. we do compromise in relationships, but never the important stuff. You know, I think that that what you're saying here, it's just these nuances of, yes, to make a relationship work, you can't always have your way. That's, that's you be living alone. I mean, you know, being in partnership means that there's a give and take. But when it's giving up those big things that you gave up in your marriage, that's not okay anymore. And then when it comes to needing a man for validation, that's very different from wanting a partner to, to support you and you support right. him. And it's a healthy relationship. It's a very different way of looking at it, right? Right. It, absolutely. Um, it, it, and it's really interesting because when, you know, when I got married, I, gosh, it was, it was, I, I describe it as blind love. And I, I absolutely adored my husband, my ex-husband. And now it's, it's love, but it's, I can love with my eyes wide open. I'm not trying to change him I'm not um, I'm not trying to put him on a pedestal I think we're both human and we both make mistakes we're not perfect but we are good for each other so it's it's really interesting because even after that awakening even the way you love is different I think for sure and I think, you know, you mentioned something else before, which I want to also really highlight, which is that even though you wake up and you, and you heal a lot of the unhealthy patterns, we do all have a tendency to go back to some degree. And it's, it's you know, important to be okay with that, like to notice, 
you know, notice, oh, I'm people pleasing. Notice, oh, I'm giving more than I'm getting. It's not feeling good. What do I want to do about it? You know, and I just did this with my business where I noticed that I'm in a partnership where I am giving way too much and I have to pull back. And, but that's okay because I'm in a good partnership with somebody who I can talk to about it and then we can work it out. But if I was the old me, I would stay in it. I'd be pissed off. I'd just keep doing extra work. It wouldn't work Absolutely. at all. <laughs> so we need to really be conscious of what we're putting out there and catch ourselves falling back into those patterns. And I think so, a big yeah, part of that is, um, I'm sorry, a big part of that, and you mentioned it, is awareness. Just having that awareness to check yourself and sort of, you know, ask yourself questions. I, I do that all the time. I ask myself, you know, am I doing too much of this? Am I doing too much of that? And it can be with work. It can be in a relationship. But you have to not be afraid of asking yourself the tough questions. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about self-love and ways that people can get better at it. So can you share any actionable tips to increase self-love? truthfulness um i've always had a hard time um being truthful to myself and to other people i think it's scary and it's intimidating to tell people what they don't want to hear and it's even scarier when you have to tell yourself certain truths um so i would say truthfulness to yourself it's i think it's the biggest gift and probably the most painful um you can give yourself but i think that's the only way to self-love the honesty you know with yourself so let's let's get a little deeper in that because i think a lot of people <laughs> want to get truthful <laughs> sorry <laughs> I do this okay. to my son every day. <laughs> I'm like, we're talking over like a cup of coffee in the morning. And he's like, that's way too heavy for me. <laughs> okay, it's uh, 3.37. <laughs> You've had your coffee. <laughs> um, I've had my coffee. <laughs> well, so my concern is that people will hear this and they'll say, well, I'm being truthful to myself by telling myself I'm too fat and I'm too old and I'm too ugly and I'm not smart enough. Because that's what a lot of people think is the truth. You know, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I've heard these stories my whole life, so that's the truth. And the way that people tell others the truth can be equally harsh, you know, like you're a jerk. So if you can share, like, what's one of the truths that you told yourself that you can share so that other people can see an example of what it is to have this lovely being truthful to yourself? I never felt I was enough. Um, I always felt there was something missing and I needed to figure out why I felt that way. It goes back to childhood and sort of that idea that if I wasn't perfect, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't doing, um, I wasn't doing enough to deserve anything good. Part of, it's funny because part of this whole process was learning to be kind to myself. I think we tend to be very tough on ourselves, um, critical of ourselves. And 
I think understanding that you are not perfect, you are flawed, and being okay with that. For me, at least for me, it was it was a very painful truth because I had to I had to show my flaws. I had to accept my flaws. And that was that was a difficult truth. Um, that was hard for me. But like I said, part of that was also learning to be kind to myself, um, be accepting, be forgiving, forgiving myself um, for mistakes that I made. Um, but all those truths, they were part. They they were part of who I who I am. I think just being truthful about who you are to yourself is for me it's it was the number one thing that i needed to do and it was very painful because um you know there, there's a lot of bad decisions um that you have to accept you know whether it was staying in a relationship that was abusive or staying um with someone who was damaging to you emotionally spiritually physically um i think those things were hard because i you know i i asked myself well why did i stick around or why did i accept it i think those things are really hard yeah so it, it all goes and it all goes back to it all goes back to my youth for me um so that was those things were hard yeah well, thank you for sharing that. It goes back to everyone's youth, really. Um, and that's, that's one of the first things I do in coaching is connect the dots because we all are a product of our past and now we get a chance to change it. And so being able to say, I made mistakes, but you make mistakes because that you're doing the best you can with the tools you have and with the background you grew up in and we're all kind of programmed to accept relationships in a certain way based on how we grew up and to show up and in our integrity is based on our family's integrity. And, and then when you find yourself, which you did really leaving your marriage was a way of discovering who you were, then you get to choose how you want to be from now on. And I think that that's the beauty of it. It's, it's not to beat yourself up for what you did. It's to say, now I get a chance to understand why I did it and to choose a healthier path moving forward and a more empowered path. And that's an incredible thing. Absolutely. Um, it's funny because you know how, I don't know, it's, it's sometimes you hear, if you had to change one thing about your life, you know, what would you change? And I, I, you know, I could have given you a list, a long list, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago about all the things I could have changed or I would have liked to have changed. But today I would say that everything I went through got me to where I am today and I'm okay with that. I think that's a huge um, difference in how I've matured and just, I'm, I'm accepting of myself no matter what you know mistakes or and i don't even it's funny i used to use i would use the word failure i don't use that word anymore 
because they're experiences, they're learning lessons. So um, I, I think accepting everything about you is important, good or bad. It's part yeah. of you. It doesn't define you, but it is part of you. Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, you, that's part of the whole self-acceptance, self-compassion, forgiveness. That's all like learning to be kind to ourselves, which is why I wanted to have you clarify what being truthful is, because for <laughs> so many people, that's their truth. You know, all the negative voices is the truth. And it's really not. It's a big fat lie. And it, it comes from all different places. But we believe those those untruth you know, untruthful comments that we say inside our head. Um, my co-leader for my boundaries course, Teresa Byrne, has a great word for mistakes. She calls them missed takes. Yeah. And it's, it's like when you're do, shooting a movie and you have a missed take. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's, it, you take it again. Right? It's, yeah, it's a like missed that. take. Yeah. Missed so take. I think it's missed I like take. that. Yeah. She's, she's good with these crazy word combinations and ways to understand <laughs> things. Um, so what is your final word of advice for a woman who want to go on their last first date? I interviewed uh, Lois Robbins. She's a, a soap opera um, veteran and um, she's an actress. She said, and we were talking about, you know, finding your authentic self and um, we were just talking about life. She said that when she got married, she was not fully cooked. And I, it's funny because I will never forget that because I knew as soon as she said it, I knew exactly what she was talking about. I think when you're on this journey to find the person that compliments you, knowing who you are, even even more so than knowing what you want. I think knowing who you are is the key to all of it. So if I had to give one piece of advice, it would be fall in love with yourself first. And that right person will see you. You won't even have to, you know, I think we look too hard. <laughs> I think falling in love with yourself, that's that's huge. Because it's almost like, now, when a diamond just shows its brilliance, you show all that love on the outside when it's inside. It's so true. It's like a glow, and people <laughs> yeah. are like, wow, you're glowing. Exactly that glow. Yeah. Yes. I can always see that glow on, us, on somebody, and you got it, Yvette. <laughs> Thank you. It takes work, and it's constant, and it never stops. It is. Right. It never so I stops. Would say we're never fully cooked. Right. <laughs> I, exactly. I always say that because, you know, I always feel like people think, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. And if, if somebody says to me, I'm done, I'm kind of done with them because I want to be around people who are always growing. Always evolving. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think it's one of the things that, you know, as my daughter continues to go on her own path, I know that is one of the things that I have stressed to her. Just continue to evolve and don't be afraid, although she's afraid of nothing, but she's very <laughs> different. Um, she's a combination of her dad and I, he's fearless. And she has that balance. And 
you're right. If, if you stop evolving, if you stop learning, you wither away, really. Yeah, it's so true. So Yvette, thank you so much for this great conversation. Um, let us know how people can reach you. So I, I am on Twitter and Instagram, Woman Awakened, and my blog is awakened-woman.com. And I really hope that women just stop by. And I mean, there's a library, I think probably close to 400 articles now. There's also links to my Be Latina articles, but just stop by. So thank you again. And um, thank you all for listening today. And if you love our show, please rate and review us. It is such an important part of how people find us and helping to spread the word with episodes like this with such beautiful conversations. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. Bye.